Greetings and salutations, Adventure Coteers. Uh, so this episode in which we discuss Thor the Dark World is a little bit different from some of the other uh, episodes that we've released here on Cinema Excelsior. Uh, the fact of the matter is that, that no matter how much we tried, there's just not a lot of meat on this bone. Uh, and we ended up getting distracted for about 45 minutes to an hour prior to the episode being recorded, talking about things not really related to the film at hand. Um, the, the reasons for that will become apparent as you listen. So here's what we're going to do so you don't get uh, shortchanged on your extremely long commute to work uh, during which you invariably listen to these episodes whenever we put them out. Um, we're going to start off the episode with our abbreviated discussion of Thor the Dark World. We will, once that conversation is ended, have a little little slice dropped in to cut the tape, and then the remainder of our conversation, which actually occurred before we talked about Thor the Dark World, will be tacked onto the end to make sure that you get uh, your uh, medically prescribed uh, dose of podcast goodness. So I assure you we are talking about Thor the Dark World, uh, but not for as much of this episode as we normally would. Uh, And you can blame that on uh, the makers of Thor the Dark World. So enjoy. So did you guys know that the real third Marvel Chris is Chris O'Dowd? Uh, is he the third or fourth Marvel Chris? I guess we're going chronologically. We had not yet seen Chris Pratt here. Yeah. And yeah. actually the fourth Marvel Chris is Christopher Eccleston. Oh, Actually, probably the third because he's in this movie before O'Dowd is. Oh, you're right because he's in the. Yes, you're right. You're right. My in mistake. Fact, quick, I stand let's, corrected. Let's talking about this movie more by finding no. every Chris no, no. who has appeared in a Marvel movie. Do you know that this movie was written by here's, two guys named Chris as well as some other people? Oh here, here's what we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna go all the way to the top. Okay, Bester. <laughs> Bester, while while we're recording this episode, if you want to be compiling the Chris list in the background, that's fine, and you can read it His at the end Christmas of the episode. Christmas list. Yep, your Chris list. Yeah, it's Christmas in March <laughs> on this on this episode of Cinema Excelsior, or in the future for you listeners. Yeah, right. ooh, it's so Christmas, Christmas in, in the future. Yes. All right, but just to keep it—that's that's the title of my new Christmas song. And for me, Christmas I'm only going to use actors, actors named Chris who have appeared in Marvel movies. Okay, r- write them down, and at the end of the episode, we can go. There's a kitten knocking at my door. Knock, <laughs> knock, knocking. All right, knocking at my chamber door. Yeah. All right. There's no Chris, yeah. no Chris's in the Republic Captain America cereal. Okay, good. Did. Um, did okay. you guys ever have the Ninja Turtle cereal? Good God. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, the, like it or not, we're going to talk about Thor the Dark World for at least long not. enough for me to cobble together an episode from our our uh, ramblings. Uh, this week we have on this program, uh, we have Mr. Daniel Watson-Jones. Uh, say hi, Daniel. Hello. Did you, uh, guys, did you guys see that video? Yeah. Uh, da- Daniel, Daniel, the Midgard Serpent, Watson-Jones. Um, we have Derek Fenris Wolf Long. Dang it! I wanted to be Fenris. <laughs> okay, Hi, everyone. Derek, do you want to be the Midgard I'll take Serpent? The Midgard Serpent. Okay, I'll, I'll no. take it. It's fine. I like the Midgard Serpent. Fine. No, the Midgard Serpent is an Ouroboros, isn't it? Whatever will move Maybe this not. along. Yeah. Is that- <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> wait, wait, would it be do you not or do want to be an Ouroboros? I just yeah. think Ouroboros are cool. Game. Okay, because it seemed like you were like, no, wait, it's an Ouroboros. I don't want to be that. Fuck Ouroboros. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. It's fine. I've already debladed and I have not found a Chris yet. Yep. There are not that many Marvel Chris's early on. Uh, and Chris of course. <laughs> and Nick, what are you talking about? Uh, on on Chris Norman duty tonight. Gander. On Chris Gander. On Chris duty tonight. Uh, we have Nick Hellbester. That's with one L, right? One L, yeah. All right. Well, if we, we can spell hell that way, we're going to accept Chris Christopherson with his weird spelling as being a Marvel Chris. The first Marvel Chris. There we go. And I'm Stephen Claypool. What's his real name? Chris Christopher Christopherson? Tonight we are, no. at the very least, one of us is talking about Thor the Dark World. Um, what's, what's Thor the Dark World? Um, it's yeah, a... I, watched, I watched Billy Barty movies for this. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Billy, this is the Billy yeah. Barty podcast. Yeah, Billy Barty played Loki. Uh, also known as the completely unlistenable podcast. Hey, hey. Well, let's be let's be real. How many listeners do we have? Uh, probably, I think like I've 80. met one. Eight. Like that's everyone who's ever listened. No, no, that's current <laughs> subscribers. Um, that's awesome. Way to go, us. Yeah. So this film, uh, Thor: The Dark World, directed, we can use that word loosely, uh, by hey, Nick. Al- yeah. <gasps> A cat. Directed it's by Alan. Crazy. Alan Taylor, uh, no, noted television director, but his film output consists primarily of this and Terminator Genesis. Noted man with two first names. Alan Taylor. Oh my God, if he had a third first name for his middle name, he could be a serial killer. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so Thor of the Dark World. This uh, this is going to be a slog. <laughs> The first, the first thing that we start off with in this film, to summarize quickly, is uh, Anthony Hopkins providing narration over a computer-generated battle between Vikings and elves. And the uh, narration, I wrote this down, is, uh, From the darkness came the dark elves. <laughs> sure. Now, I want to pause yeah, on this for a minute, one. because... Really, I, I think you can say that about anything and any kind of elves. From the darkness came the dark elves. From the, from wa- the mist came, came the wood elves. Came the mist elves. From from the curry came the curry elves. Like you, you can... From the now now there's one thing it doesn't work with. From what? the lava came the lava elves because only lava whales come from the lava. That's the craziest thing you've ever said. <laughs> or the most sane thing. Okay, fair enough. Um, anyway. This is, this is from a man that we know earlier today was painting portraits of his cats. I was painting one portrait of my cat. Hillary was painting a okay. different portrait of a different of my cats. That's an important classifier. Okay, qualifier. fair enough. So uh, we start with this flashback that Anthony Hopkins is narrating. Uh, if you if you miss it this time around, don't worry. You'll get almost the exact same narration word for word about 30 minutes later. God damn it. Um, <laughs> we see a Viking battle uh, where the uh, Norse gods are fighting against a series of elves uh, led by Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> pl- playing a character. Eccleston? Christopher Eccleston. Isn't it Eccleston? I don't know. Who the fuck cares? We gotta get through this fast, yeah, man. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris, Christopher E. Um, clear, clearly would not care because he was in and out of this movie as quick as he could be. Every 
every scene he like is a in, demon's whisper. Yeah, feels like he is trying to get through the scene in as few takes as he can. Like the doctor, his performance is bigger on the inside. <laughs> he keeps doing these terrible genre movies, but he won't he won't spend five minutes on set for the fiftieth anniversary. Nope. He's too busy making he doesn't want to get typecast. Yeah. Oh, there's so few Marvel Chris's. I'm amazed. Okay, so uh, Christopher Eccleston is trying to use a super weapon called the Ether, which is like red floating blood. To destroy all of existence. You can, you can just say floating blood. You don't need to explain that the blood is red. It could be Klingon blood, and then it wouldn't be I, red. I described Vulcan blood. As... Wait, what color is Klingon blood? It's like purple. It's pink. Pink, yeah. Guys, this oh, is not right. Klingon blood. Let's move on. <laughs> I describe. I describe. I describe the ether as the special effects of an Evanescence music video. I can't believe this. We're that Patrick would love if Patrick were here. That's true. Oh, oh. We're, we are not even a minute into the film. I need Rest to go. I need to go grab another beer real quick if I'm going to get through this. <laughs> All right. I'm Rest in peace, Patrick's frosted tips. To find a goddamn this, uh, Evanescence video. We should do something funny here that Stefan is forced to edit into the podcast later. Edit into? Uh. I don't think. I think you're overestimating the amount of editing that goes into this process. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Kirsten Dunst instead of Kirsten Dunst, I'd be counting her at this point, but she is a Kirsten, not a Kristen. All right, so we have mm. uh, we have these elves. They're fighting. They lose. Uh, Odin's father, I guess, wins a battle. Boar? Boar? Boar, I believe. Boar, an, an excellent description of... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we are, uh... Second Marvel Chris. We flash forward about, uh, 5,000 years, uh, and we are thrust into this film, picking up right after the Avengers, with Tom Hiddleston as Loki being brought before Odin. They have an argument. Anthony Hopkins flexes his yelling muscles and confines Tom Hiddleston to the dungeon. And grips the spear. Most of his time just gripping a spear. Yep. Don't you mean Tom Hiddleston? Tom Hiddleston. Yep. I had to check if, if Triple H's name might actually be Chris. It's not. It is not. It's Paul. Did you say Tribbles? Tribbles. tribbles. Yeah, the, the trouble with Tribbles. Yeah. Tribbles H. Oh, my God. If, if they had made a fourth season of Star Trek, they could have had an episode called The Trouble with Tribbles. And the Tribbles could have been multiplying, but they go from one to three. Anyway. Um, they could have done that. It's true. Triple, triple Trouble. Yep. So we cut from Pop-a-matic. Anthony Hopkins. Triple Triple Trouble. We cut from Anthony Hopkins yelling to a battlefield uh, straight out of Xena Warrior Princess, where Thor is... Uh, fair, the production values are slightly higher than uh, than uh, Xena. Not oh, much. Only slightly. I mean, a- Alan Taylor does a very good job making this $100 million film look like a TV show. <laughs> Makes it look like a $10 million episode of TV. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a high budget show. This is an episode of Lost. Or yeah, yeah. Here. Wait, you're saying this movie? Yeah, pretty maybe, much. Maybe because I watched it on DVD rather than Blu-ray. It, I don't know. I thought it looked fine. Uh, I I didn't notice except there were times when the ether didn't look good, but I felt like most other things looked pretty good. I don't think it was a question of special effects as much as it was just cinematography. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Storm. 
Uh, okay. I'm tr- I'm jumping ahead of my notes trying to find the next relevant thing here. <laughs> uh, there is very little relevant in this. Uh, did you guys notice that Jane Foster got possessed by the ether just so that she could be in this film? <laughs> yep, I noticed that. <laughs> this film is rich with incident. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so Thor is off winning some kind of peace, uh, from some kind of war that we had never heard about before. The war was caused by the Bifrost being broken ah, and the, okay. the realms broke out into chaos and war. Go. But did you know that now there is peace in all of the realms, which apparently includes Earth, which is apparently at peace for the first time and God knows how long? Yeah, well, but, uh, when you... was the last time you saw a giant rock monster? That's true. Uh, He's got me there. Do you mean before this film? Yep. Well, Galaxy then, Quest. That then. documentary, Galaxy Quest. Oh, yes. But that rock monster was not on Earth. There are no rock monsters here. That's and true. that's the only way we know that realm is not at peace. There oh, rock monster. you're right. Because yeah. there were rock. I think the rock monsters all died out uh, in Noah. Yeah, you've got. Uh, yeah, well, yeah they, were the, they, were, they were the Nephilim. Monster. They were yeah. the Nephilim. Anyway, she was a rock monster. So I, I wrote down. Uh, I'm trying to remember the context of this. Uh, Thor. Bu- people in X Men uh, X Three. Thor butters Anthony Hopkins like a piece of bread. Wait um, a minute. Uh, Christopher Eccleston was was he the guy playing George Washington? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Uh, Malaketh does have George Washington's haircut. <laughs> Who's Malaketh? Like, was, was that party. George Washington? Was he? Was Mal? Who's this Malaketh guy? Is he the he one who played George oh, Washington? Oh my God! Yes. Now that you mention it, he, he looks very much like a pointy-eared George Washington. <laughs> there was honestly a moment there where I'm like, was this movie so boring that I forgot that there was a Revolutionary War flashback? Yep. Because I, it was entirely possible it was. <clears throat> Okay, uh, so Anthony Hopkins yells. Uh, we get some criticism about the idea of uh, humans having very short lifespans. Um, we get just enough screen time with Renee Russo to make her slightly more than the cameo she was in the last film. Probably no reason for that. Did you guys notice that Loki Dunn got his mom killed? Yep, noticed that. Man, what a bummer. Yeah. Uh, okay, we cut to Earth. Natalie Portman is on a date with Chris O'Dowd. Uh, she is interrupted by Kat Dennings. And I have to stop here because, one, I genuinely like Kat Dennings in this film. She's, yep. She's a cat! And, and two. And two. Uh, a picture of him, I, I, I have to use this. Uh, I have to... like one of your French cats. <laughs> I have to use this moment to bring up again the uh, the film idea that Nick Smith and I once pitched for Kat Dennings, in which she and Taylor Swift play the daughters of the President of the United States, who would have been played by Val Kilmer, and they have escaped their stuffy White House life to go on a cross-country road, ship, a road trip to, Co- <laughs> to Coachella to see ACDC. And Kat Dennings would have been the sarcastic one, and Taylor Swift would have been the sincere one. Um... Why are you saying would have? Did, they're still alive, right? Val Kilmer is still alive. Did you guys know Don Knotts died? <laughs> Who's <laughs> Don Knotts? Billy <laughs> Barney's dead. Yeah. It's like the opening. Just think about the opening of Lost Highway. If when Bill Pullman goes to his intercom and hears the voice on the other end, it says, Billy Barney is of, dead. You're thinking of Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton is dead. <laughs> yep. 
Oh, Bill God. Paxton, uh, noted uh, star of Lost Highway. Okay, guys, we got a lot. We got a lot to get through here. Uh, okay. Do we? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to knock this out. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is running around Stonehenge naked. Uh, if you missed that in the news broadcast the first time, don't worry. The same broadcast will be replayed later in the film when it's more convenient yeah, like for our later, characters. Figured out where he is. A just convenient TV uh, footage. Yep. Uh, Jane Foster is investigating something. Why she's in this film. (laughs) She's she's trying to uncover the mystery of why she has been retained on contract, and she finds it in CGI blood underneath a tablet. In an Evanescence music video. Yep. Uh, As soon as she finds this blood... The Ballad of the Lost Keys by Evanescence. As soon as she finds the blood and it, it uh, like, merges with her, George Washington wakes up on a Borg ship. <laughs> Which is Shaped a Borg like queen is in this movie. Yeah, the Alice. The world's Hinton. largest yes. Jesus piece. Yeah. I got really excited when, when uh, Alice Crouch showed up. She yeah. played uh, uh, Lady Jessica in the pretty good adaptation of Children of Dune. The sci-fi miniseries. Oh, yeah. Was that, was that Alex? Uh, Alice Krieg? Yeah. No, wait. I haven't watched that yet. What am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> which also I've only fe- watched the original one. Which also features uh, a score by Brian Tyler, who scored this film. And generally speaking, I like a good Brian Tyler score. The main thing I remember from watching that, I think we watched that and the other, like the, the Dune miniseries when we were at uh, Eddie's uh, house for yep. spring break uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. And and like at the end of the Dune miniseries, like f- five hours in, I asked who somebody was referring to some location in the movie. Like, <laughs> Who's Arrakis? <laughs> no, it wasn't Arrakis. Like the name of, like, the, name of the place where the, the Bedouin people uh What's their like main place? Their main the location? Siege? The Siege Tabor? No. Anyway, it was some location where I was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "That that's a place, Nick. Have you been paying any attention?" I'm like, apparently not. Uh. Okay. So. Um... What? Do you mean that its name appeared on the screen? No. Somebody mentioned. Oh, someone it said it. Somebody yeah, yeah. said it, and somehow from context, I thought they were talking about a person. I'm like, now who's that? Oh, okay, that makes so like, much more that's, sense. That's like the main location in this sequence. What are you talking about? Okay, so I, Thor I comes... have been picturing that you had seen a visual image of a place and had misinterpreted that image as a person. Yeah, he thought it, he yeah, thought it was Ego, the living planet. Thought, yeah. And it shows a name. You just know <laughs> that guy's in that place. Okay, so... Um, so Natalie Portman has merged with all this CGI blood. Thor comes down from the heavens. She smacks him. He grabs her, and they jump up through a portal to Asgard that should have rent her sanity from her mind like a rind being rent from an orange. Excuse me, but she is a scientist. Oh, I guess that's true. She thinks it's really cool. Uh, she gets treated by the Borg Queen. Odin is very unhappy. Uh, we get that prologue narration again, um, and then there's an attack on Asgard. Which oh no! In my no- in my notes, I wrote uh, spaceship show up. However, will Nebu survive this attack? <laughs> mm. I believe my notes were uh, Idris Elba is wasting this role even after he just stabbed a spaceship out of the sky. Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> that sounds right. Because that's what he does. He notices the invisible spaceship and just jumps on it. And adds it with yes, that. and he takes it and down with a sword. Still boring. Yep. <laughs> uh, the night el- or dark dark elves, night elves, dark elves. The dark elves. Uh, 
those. Yeah, yeah they're throwing around uh, these cool black hole grenades that are kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. they're, they're cool. And they're they're coming to try to get uh, Jane Foster because she's got that CGI blood in her that's going to let them destroy the universe. Uh, and also, she knows how to make the black hole grenades. We yep. find out later in the film. Uh, Spoiler alert. Yep. Yes, uh, by turning detectors into generators of anomalies, like the way that fire detectors yes. cause so many fires. Yep. <laughs> uh, George Washington kills Rene Russo, uh, but Natalie Portman escapes. And in order to uh, strike back at, at uh, George Washington, Thor decides that he is going to <laughs> commit treason free his mass murdering brother from jail and go who would not even the the bad guy of the film the infiltrating bad guy would not even release him yeah yeah he was like fuck that guy over there yeah i know how this is he looks like bad news yeah yeah the the really skinny the, uh, guy the dark with elf the sl- berserker yeah versus this the really guy. skinny guy with the slick back hair who's standing in the glass window just <laughs> leering with a grin on his face uh i don't think i'm gonna let him out <laughs> uh okay so oh god what the hell happened uh there's a, a da- there's a daring escape all last night <laughs> there's a daring escape sequence that's not that daring uh chris ev uh, Chris Evans shows up for a quick cameo, but it's just Loki in disguise. And in the best a- performance of the film. Yeah, there's a momentary <laughs> rush of pleasure. Benicio Del Toro in the stinger. Yeah. <laughs> People not involved with this movie give the best performance. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there is... They're not appearing in this movie. This baffled me I when... I Kat Dennings did a pretty good job. Yeah. No, no. Uh, she th- wasn't acting. Is... <laughs> there is Kat Dennings a... as herself. <laughs> There is a plan. Uh, Guys, why am I your intern? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm she- glad they gave the zany sidekick a zany sidekick because yep. that's how you know you're in a good movie. <laughs> that um, is true. Okay, so not enough zany sidekicks. So there is a a section where they are trying to escape from Asgard, but they are intercutting this with the planning section where they're trying to escape from Asgard, which is a Ooh, tried and true brilliant scheme. Which is a tried and true trick in film for revealing information gradually to an audience as it's as the plan is going down, and it can really create and then release tension. But in yeah, this it's film, it, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, trick. but in this film, it's just still boring somehow. Yep. It's like they had to they they had to force interest into it and they just thought that inner cutting would do it. Yep. Uh so they get over to the dark elves place with Jane. Uh Thor uncuffs Loki. Loki immediately betrays him and I did laugh at that. Um <laughs> But it's all a scheme. But it's all a scheme. Another fucking hologram. Who knew? Yep. So many fucking holograms. So there's, yeah, there's holograms. Malekith ends up getting what he wants. He gets the the Evanescence blood uh, out of Natalie Portman. And then uh, Loki gets killed. And we're all very sad because he apologizes. (laughs) (laughs) He apologizes for all of those people he killed. Christopher Lambert's going to be on the Marvel Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's nice, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Okay, so yeah. Spirit of Vengeance. Apparently, his character's name is Methodius. Well, he's a method actor, <laughs> Methodius actor. So we are back. We're back on Earth. The now. only way that Christopher Lambert could per- could prepare for Highlander was to become immortal. 
that would explain a lot. Become immortal and cut off the heads of men in New York garages. Daniel Day Lewis as a Highlander. Or an immortal. Sorry, not a Highlander. (laughs) Okay, guys. He had to become a a Thunder God to be in uh, Mortal Kombat. That's true. I am I am almost through I am almost through the summary. Then we can weigh we can weigh in with our quick thoughts because I don't think this is gonna take too long. But this movie's bad. Uh, so <laughs> Jane and Thor are trapped on the Dark Elf planet. They find their way back to Earth because Chris O'Dowd calls Jane on her cell phone, which somehow has reception through transdimensional portals. Because they happen to well, walk into really the that connects with the portal she was at earlier. Yeah. All of the nine dimensions. Maybe the, the car keys are a hotspot. <laughs> They get back to uh, Earth. George Washington is there. Uh, There's something called a convergence, which is all the realms lining up. This is a Marvel film, so a giant portal opens in the sky. Is each of the realms a planet like in Stargate, or is it a dimension? I think it's more like a dimension. Huh. I don't know. So do they rotate? Oh, because they all rotate around Idrisil. So... Idrisil is like some is is the Stargate. No, Idris Elba plays Heimdall. <laughs> oh, my mistake. So much like Idris Elba was very confusing. Um Clearasil? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Timasil. Timasil. Okay, so there's a battle. Um George Washington is trying to destroy the universe <laughs> for uh, stops. That him. is so un George Washington. Yeah, cannot tell a lie, my ass. Um, George Washington. He shot down the cherry tree. The cherry no tree. He gets his arms cut off. He gets shoved to his own planet. His own ship crushes him. They you were not what? cut off. They were, uh, they were vapor, mo- di- yeah, vaporized by, uh, or yeah, yeah, moved by her uh, black hole grenades that she made out of sticks yeah. and detectors. And the only thing I could Just think like of, a grenade made of a stick. The only thing I could well, think was... of when I watched that moment uh, where Thor is charging through the red mist to attack him is it reminded me of the sandstorm scene on MST3K with the deep hurting, uh, because nothing was visible at all, and it was. It was a good metaphor for the rest of the film. It was was did did Thor hit the uh, the the grenade staff with the hammer the way that the other guy had been hammering the stabs I into don't the ground? Know. Because that would have been awesome if he'd been running towards it and he just held it up and he hit hit it with the hammer as hard as he could and it just went straight through the uh, the gravitational field and hit him. That would have been so much better than what happened. <laughs> I, so about many things. that feels like the climactic piece of the film. And I think that may have actually happened, but the fact that I don't remember for sure says a lot about It's not really he clear. Dr- he dracula it into him. <laughs> oh, did That's he? We're asking. Oh, yeah. okay. Then, yes. I can't even listen to you talking about the movie. <laughs> so I started to watch this movie last night, mm-hmm. and then about 25 minutes into it, I lay down in a pile of blankets on the floor and went to sleep. And then we turned it off and Hillary went to sleep. And then we had to get up this morning and watch it. So uh, the film is almost over. Almost. We get uh, we get a little cutaway back to Asgard with Thor saying he doesn't want to be king. He's going to go off and adventure and rescue people. And Odin's... That was very un-Simba-like of him. Yeah, and Odin's like, hey, man, I mean, do what you got to do. And he walks away. 
And then, gasp, Odin turns into Loki, because somehow Loki was not dead, and there's no real Has replaced Odin, who, is, who I guess, just has, does not know that Thor does not want to be king now. Yep, what? so... So, no, who knows? And then, at least in the mid credit sequence, we get uh, a little splash of life when Benicio Del Toro gives us a preview of Guardians of the Galaxy and his weird, weird performance in that film. Yep, it's weird. Um, and, and then it. there's a, uh, you know, a frost rock monster at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the post credit sequence is, like, a big build-up to Jane and Thor kissing and... Like everything in this movie, their romance is boring as shit, and I have absolutely no emotional investment in it. So I'm like, I don't, I cannot possibly care about this. But that rock monster at the end was cool, though, right? So we're through the recap. Hey, rock monster on Earth, things are not at peace. There we go. No, that's not a rock monster. That's a a a frost giant world giant lizard thing. Yeah, the frost lizard rock monster. Yeah, it's our. I yeah. will say, like, like Frost during Rock the credits, Lizard after, Monster, after the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy thing, and before we got to the the, the actual end scene, did I you guys know song? That's what that, I, that I, Rock I Monster was played by Billy Barty. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that. Yeah, Sig- Sigmund and the Rock Monsters. <laughs> anyway, uh, the film's over. Uh, so, like, we all loved it, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I, think it all... I mean, we're done, right? That's the end of the podcast. We just finished talking about the movie. Well, I just got to uh, this movie in my list of Marvel Chris's. Okay, so we we gotta we gotta fill some time. Uh, okay, guys, you let's... notice that when Loki was piloting the Asgardian ship that they jumped onto after the jump, he got thrown out of the other ship. That he looked kind of like Charon or Charon, the ferryman, like you know, crossing the river Styx. Does he have that the pole? Didn't he look kind of like a fairy man, ferrying you between the worlds? Isn't that kind of what he looked like, guys? Nope. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. Tell uh, me more. So that's just... kind of what he looks like. <laughs> I want to ask. I want to ask so we can buy Nick more time. Yeah, yeah. It's it is clear that we did not think highly of this film. I would like to ask each of you what it was of this film that you thought least highly of and if there was one spark of redemption in it so let's start let's start with uh okay. we've all been vamping derek you've been quiet derek you start uh, Derek loves this movie and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I thought this was the best movie i kind of like I, it I've, this I've is been... my favorite marvel film I've not been... since so derek not since Ang- um I'm, i will say uh, as my uh, headphones disconnected here, uh, and I reconnect. Um, yeah, I agree with Nick. This this movie was boring as all get out. Um, I think the the worst part about it is just how talky it is and how narrate-y it is. Um, and no, it, and none of the acting in that narrate-y bits is good. Like everybody yeah. is phoning it in very hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, in many ways, it's sort of it's a script issue. Um, there's a lot of telling rather than showing. Um, an, I mean, another weakness I think is the fact that like Loki spends the first half of the film in jail, and ostensibly we're supposed to care about sort of his his brooding while he's in his cell, but you know, he like the the sort of most charismatic. Uh, performer in the film kind of gets shunted away and even when he does show up again 
um you know it's not the greatest uh like loki loki's not not really given the kind of spark that he had in the in the other films he's appeared in well i mean um, i, think- I well uh stefan requested uh a sparkle of light i did like chris evans cameo is <laughs> <laughs> fantastic it's it's really great um and you know like i think i think the effect the effects are fine like uh They're serviceable you know the all, all of the battles with uh you know i guess they have like aerial battles now in asgard uh those were compelling enough um but yeah i'll i have other things to say but i'll let you take it away now. all right well if i can just quickly jump in on one of his points real quick i mean you were talking about the talkiness and the aerial battles like that aerial battle, like half of that is just uh, Hiddleston sort of giving his raw commentary on it, but it's all just so fucking poorly delivered and poorly written. Like that was the part, like up until that point I was going like, oh, at least Hiddleston's doing some good things here. And we got yeah. Kat Dennings. And, and after that, I was like, all right, so it's just Kat Dennings at this point. I cannot think of a single joke that lands in this film. Um, I can't think of a single joke that wasn't uttered by Kat Dennings or Loki. I feel like there was. I feel. Let me check my notes. I feel I, like I remember some joke. Thor, uh, maybe Thor had a joke. The one, something. the one that I remember is uh, when Thor oh, comes Dennings. down. Cat Dennings runs up to him, and Jane runs away, and Cat Dennings says, "How is space?" And Thor says, "Space yes. is good." Yeah, yeah. I chuckled at that, but that was about it. Oh, the, uh, the I thought it would have been really funny. I think lands. Oh uh-huh. yeah, the Stan Lee cameo. Oh yeah. Yeah, like it's a crazy comic moment, and it's not like a lot of Stan Lee cameos are a little too showy about it. Like, look, everybody, it's Stan Lee, and like this is just like it would be entirely possible to watch this movie without knowing who Stan Lee is, and that scene still makes sense in a way that I think a lot of (laughs) Stan Lee cameos, if you don't know who Stan Lee is or don't give a fuck about it, are just like, oh, one of these. Mm. Um, Uh, somebody named Boo Boo Stewart in uh, in. days of how how, uh how many marvel boo-boos are there (laughs) i believe he or she is the first oh wow i don't know who warpath (laughs) is you remember my cousin frank he became francine back in 83 when he joined that cult i think his name is mother shabubu now (laughs) dude here uh... comes mother shabubu dude that was a here comes honey boo -boo (laughs) no no no. it it It's timely i didn't get it (laughs) It's talking better than most of the jokes in this movie. Dude, uh, way, what, 2017. Dude, what about this film was hardest for you, or did you like the least? And what was the spark of light that you actually did get a little enjoyment out of? Um, I would have to say that the, the point at which... I realized that I was watching this movie and I did not have my computer out to take notes and that I had to expend the effort to get out my computer and take notes. And instead of doing that, we turned off the film and watched four episodes of Gravity Falls. And then I fell asleep on the floor uh, and then went up to bed about four hours later and slept for another six hours. Uh, that was probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> and I would say that the least interesting part of the movie was 
most of the time that I was watching the movie. <laughs> now, when you uh-huh. when you started watching the film again when you woke up this morning, did you start from where you left off or did you jump in a little later? And I only ask because theoretically the part that you left out, you know, not having it spelled out for you, the horrors that could occupy that empty space are much greater than any that could be conjured in front of you. That's true. It's like the uh, the gutter in a comic. Um, yeah. yeah it, uh, God only knows what happened in there. Seth uh, Green was the voice of Howard the Duck, everybody. Seth Green, Idle Hands. Idle Hands, Devin Sawa. It all comes full circle back <laughs> to Man on the Line or whatever the fuck that is. Life on the Line. Life on the Line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I will say, Derek, in the film Life on the Line, is the song Wichita Lineman played? It had better fucking be. Or is, an EDM uh, is, remix of it. it is Has not, anyone ever but, considered making a movie called The Blair Wichita? <sighs> the Blair Wichita Lineman. Okay. So, uh, it, I, it, I, is, it is not. That, that song is not sung, but they hired Darius Rucker uh, to do a couple of original songs. Darius oh, Rucker, good. famous country singer, yes. and famous for no other things. <laughs> and uh, and I he uh, he does a song called "Life on the Line." Uh, Where did he get the title for that, for that song? I don't know. I don't know. That that's a researchable question, as we say. <laughs> um, that's a researchable can I just, question. Can I just? Say so this this film i think throws into relief something interesting about uh the moment when you stop watching the film would you say it throws that moment into relief about hemsworth as thor um because the the fact that we don't get the the kind of fish out of water plot that sort of propelled his first appearance um and to a second uh, a certain extent like his appearance in the avengers um nor do we get what we had in the Avengers, which was like lots of lots of great um, sort of conversation between Thor and the other Avengers. Here, like we're kind of meant to take Thor a little more seriously, and something about that just doesn't land. Like there's like no. I don't want to I don't want to say it's not a charismatic performance or that it's a bad performance, but there's a way in which Thor isn't given. The kind of relationships that he has in the other films. Yeah. So although I felt like during a lot of the speechifying, I did feel like Hemsworth actually was doing much better with it. Like when he was having his long, ponderous conversations with Idris Elba or yeah. uh, Anthony Hopkins, it definitely felt like he was selling me on like this actually being important to him. Whereas Idris Elba just was bored out of his fucking mind. So yeah. I- I'll say on on that point, dude. Thanks for the Billy Barty picture. Um, what I'll say on that so uh, uh, over the last couple weeks I read um, Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology which just came out oh nice because I thought it would I be I just time- read that today I thought it would be timely and thank god I had that context for this film otherwise <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank god but um, one of the things that and you you know this if you like do some research about Thor as a mythological figure, but that Gaiman spells out very clearly in the book. Thor is not very smart. Thor nope. is a big brawny guy, and he's generally you know well intentioned, but he is not a smart character. And in these films, and in Marvel as a general statement, I feel like there is some desire to be close to the idea of Thor as not 
an incredibly brilliant strategist or bright guy without mm-hmm. making him stupid. And the effect mm-hmm. is he comes across as very dull when he is sort of left to his own devices. Yeah. And which, like, I, which I think is one of the good signs about Thor Ragnarok is that like, it seems like they're going with him as sort of the airheaded fish out of water sort of thing for the characterization, at least based on what we've seen so far, which Thor Ragnarok, I, I never would have thought that the third Thor movie would be something I'd be looking forward to, but I'm like, that looks really promising. But it, one of the things that that does, and that to some degree the first film did, and to a large degree that the Avengers did, is surround him with other interesting characters that he can play off of, as Dave opposed Foster's to... Is an interesting character? God. What are you talking about? I don't know how <laughs> Natalie Portman can be an exceptionally good actress, and yet continue to give utterly terrible performances in I, oh my god i think an important context here though is that she was really pissed off that patty jenkins left uh, this film i don't um, know who that is. so originally patty jenkins who directed monster and is now gonna, directing wonder woman uh, and is now directing wonder woman was going to direct this film but she left over creative differences uh hmm. and, and that's how alan taylor got the job um but uh, Natalie Portman was apparently just really angry that this that this happened, and uh, but you know she she still had to do the film, and so I think I think that kind of like when Bill Murray found out that he had signed on with the wrong Cohen <laughs> for Garfield. Yep. Yeah. No. Sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt your point. I was trying to back you. Up. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's also a way in which, like, Chris O'Dowd is is criminally underused here. Oh, and, yeah. You know, he's he's funny, but it's sort of like, you know, if more of the film were, like, involved him somehow. Like, he, he is he is almost purely a plot mechanic here. Like, he's not really... I don't think there's an almost about right. that. All right, let, let, me, let me repitch this on the fly. Okay, so uh, you can have the film proceed in the relatively flat way it does up until uh, Jane gets infected by the CGI blood. Uh, but then when Thor comes back with her to Asgard, he accidentally brings Chris O'Dowd with him. Yeah, and you go. then there's that degree of sort of, au- it becomes an awkward buddy movie. Yeah, what that's if, all you need. What if only he only manages to bring Chris O'Dowd's head, which is somehow grafted onto Natalie Portman's body, a la Zaphod Beeblebrox, and then... Or he could also be on Thor's body. <laughs> and then Thor- it's two Chris's for the price of one. It's called the Thor with two heads. But then, and then at the oh end, God. there's another accident so that Eccleston's head gets on the other shoulder. So all three Chris's fighting each other. Oh, my God. And then the end of the film is Thor walking into a doctor's office. And the doctor is played by, I don't know, John Cleese. And John Cleese sits down and looks at Thor with Chris Eccleston's head on one shoulder and Chris O'Dell's on the other. And he says, so what seems to be the problem? No, what if Chris O'Dowd is in the center and all 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 the time that they're on screen, Chris O'Dowd is trying to gain control of either hand and uh, Chris Evans keeps punching Christopher Eccleston in the face and Eccleston, Eccleston uh, keeps punching, uh, not Evans, uh, Hemsworth in the face. You almost made me Chris, spit Christopher out my Heimdall. beer. You made me, almost made me spit out my beer. Oh my God. Um... Yeah, that'd work too. It'd work better than this film. A lot of things could work better than this film. I honestly think I... The, the only thing that I drew genuine pleasure from in the course of the film was um, uh, was Cat Dennings. 
because I thought she was charming. Yeah. And the two actual like chuckles I got, one was the space is good chuckle, and the other was mm-hmm. uh, during the big climactic scene when she warps in and has been cradling and kissing her intern. And they yes. have they have a Brad, it. Janet, Rocky exchange. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Molnir flies by and she sees it and goes meow meow. Yes, that. that was amazing. That's true. Really, that is a nice moment. Yeah, no, I, I like her. I just I really wish they hadn't included her intern as a character. Like, I what is what does he possibly accomplish in this? I was movie? hoping he would. It maybe gives her someone to talk to. Maybe he's a Hydra agent. Why didn't she go to Asgard? Yeah, what? they could have brought her along and Chris O'Dowd. What if the that... blood? What if the blood got into her? That would have been hey, much better. Much better yeah. film. Yes. Uh, well, uh, okay, Nick. Uh, but then, you, who you would call to... the police while Natalie Portman was gone for also, five hours? Also, why weren't they in jail? Like the police show up. Yeah. Thor. <laughs> Thor takes Natalie Portman to Asgard. Yes. But the other, t- the the two interns oh, yeah. are still there. They're supposed to get arrested. Maybe they the police get arrested. just gave up. They said, ah, oh, there's lightning, there's what? exploding women. It's Why not have a plot about them trying to get out of jail? Intercut it with the plot about Loki trying to get out of jail. Oh, so it's a parallel. Yeah. And Make it Natalie a heist Portman show. is a fish out of water now, because now she's not on her home planet. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Bester, um, you need to answer the question of... Uh, thing that you that you hated most about this film and the spark of light for you and then you can read your chris list okay uh oh god thing i hated most uh oh is everything an acceptable answer that was my answer be be slightly more specific give give a different answer than douge (laughs) okay all right um why why do all of the elves who aren't the the ninth doctor or mr echo why do they all have doll faces what mm. the fuck was up with the weird fucking doll faces that they all have it's um, kind of like how george washington in george washington's era they all had to wear powdered wigs <laughs> yeah, but hessians. in this movie they all have to wear doll faces yeah the hessians oh. were known for their doll faces yeah. yes that is true i have seen the yes. documentary the patriot where the english the british are terrible monsters who burn churches mm-hmm. that's why uh one of the early american political parties was the dollface party yes <laughs> that is true that is very except dollface is spelled with an extra h yeah. it's dollface do you think that uh dolph lundgren has ever tried to release an album of original songs called dollface lundgren do you think that he has ever played a living doll uh, <laughs> face no i don't think Bester, uh, what, what was the spark of light for you in this film i'm actually gonna say i say i think natalie portman was my least favorite part of this movie just mm. because like i've never been a big fan of natalie portman uh and i think a lot of that is probably just the uh you know the prequel paint yeah um but did you ever see the movie closer yeah i hated it Oh, okay. I thought she did really well in that film. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, like I, I certainly have. There, are, there are movies of hers that I liked. I liked uh, Black Swan, for instance. Uh, but like, you like she, the professional. I do like the professional. So we have at least two movies, and you know, probably if we racked our brains, we'd come up. 
like I, I think it's fine. You know, I watched it once and didn't you know entirely hate it, but you know, I think I think at the point that I watched it, I can't remember if it came out before or after Watchmen, but I definitely watched it after Watchmen. After no, Watchmen, after Watchmen had come out, you know, your bar you know, for Alan Moore adaptations was set Alan low. Moore movies. Like the scale is totally off the off the charts at that point. So I was See, able. I've heard of I, before Watchmen, but I haven't heard of after Watchmen. Yeah, it's like after Mash. See, I yeah. was at the point <laughs> where the reason the reason I think that I enjoyed Watchmen more than you did is my bar for Alan Moore adaptations was set so low by League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that it could only oh, yes. be an improvement. <laughs> Your oh, yes. first LSD. date movie. First date film. A film I have not seen, but a film so bad that Sean Connery hasn't acted since. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, what, what was your spark of light? What was the thing you liked? And then you can read your uh, Chris list. Uh, uh, In Spanish, we would call it a Christmas list. I don't think that's true. Because there are more Chris Chris's more, more Chris's. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like there's, there's a handful of people in this movie who I think are doing okay. Like, I think... I think in terms, like, probably... About, uh, the guy with no pants? Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård, who also pronounces realm in a really fascinating way. He has, realm. like, three or four extra syllables in realm. Um, like that old woman in uh, Baba Hotep who, who says, Kakarocha. <laughs> also with, and, an, with a great Brian Tyler score. <laughs> and certainly, certainly given the cast that we have here, Chris Hemsworth is not the best actor of these bunch by a... His last name is Heimdall. Well, I would say, like, of the, of the people here, I probably was pissed off at him the least of, like, just any time Anthony Hopkins or Idris Elba uh, were around and just doing fucking terrible work. I was I was mad at that, and Chris O'Dowd, you know, okay, yeah, Cat Dennings, I guess I'm gonna say was the Cat Dennings, like that's about the best I can do. Sorry, um, listeners, I'm holding my cat. Right. Right now. Actually, I take that back. The bright point was that I did not pay much attention to the recording of this because I spent my time making writing this Chris list. Okay, read so the Chris list. Kind of be checked out from. I saw this movie in the theater. So did I. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So the Chris list. So. I can't say this is entirely definitive. I was just going off the Wikipedia uh, cast lists. I tried to include like the lists of like people with minor roles. Uh, so there's definitely some people in the, in that category. If I missed anyone, I apologize. Does this um, include all of the Fantastic Four films? Yes. Or is this just MCU? This no, is it's... this is all Marvel movies. Things that we've done, okay. not just MCU. Okay. Um, and so there are either 16 or 17. I have one that maybe or maybe doesn't count. So first we have Chris Christopherson as Whistler in Blade Three and Blade yes. Trinity. Uh, so clearly the first Chris, double Chris, because he's Chris Christopherson. Then we have some actor who I don't, I don't even think that's recognize. Second Chris counts. Christopher Hagerdahl, who played Calder in Blade Trinity. I have no idea who that character is. Probably one of the like generic people that was hanging out with Ryan Reynolds. Probably. Similarly, I have no idea. I believe uh, it's pronounced Bile. Tattoo in Electra. I have no idea who that is. He was one of the like uh, evil henchmen that could make tattoos off of his body that became weapons. Oh God, I had repressed that that was a thing. I didn't Speak, remember that. Speaking of films Wait, made by he TV was the directors. ghost of that character, right? Wasn't everyone in that movie a ghost? Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> At this point, I'm not. I don't actually remember if everyone in that movie was a ghost or not. It's I I buy I fully were. buy into this theory. 
Yes, I maintain all right. that all, all number four all ghosts. Number four, we get Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. And in writing down his movie, I accidentally wrote Human Torch first. <laughs> but he was in all those Fantastic Four movies. Then this Human Torch. Uh, no, as can't. one that maybe or maybe doesn't count, Christian Amanpour has a cameo in Iron Man 2. Ooh. He may or may not count as a Marvel Chris. What's what's the verdict? Panel says. Sure. Okay, so Christian Amanpour <laughs> is number five. Number six, <laughs> then, is Chris Hemsworth as Thor in Thor. Uh, then number seven is Chris Evans again. He's on here twice because he's uh, captain. You're ca- captain. Wait, wait, wait. Are you you're counting him twice because he played two characters? That's how you're doing this. Yes, I'm counting okay. Chris. Evans. I don't think that's mm. okay. All right. Well, we can just put him up here. Right. That, that, my num- that that helps with the numbering because I. I think you need to put an Aster Chris next to his name. All right. All right. Oh, God. All right. So then, if Chris Evans doesn't ca- doesn't count twice. Uh, then we have Christopher Lambert as Methodius in mm-hmm. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Vengeance. Uh, an actor named Chris Zilka played Flash Thompson in The Amazing Spidey. Okay. Uh, C. Thomas Howell. Noted for the invention of the Zilka scope. Uh, played Jack's father in The Amazing Spider-Man. He was the guy with the cranes who got the cranes in position. Oh, that, Crane that, Man. That was, yeah. that was Soul Man himself, C. Thomas Howell? I think so. <laughs> I mean, it's entirely possible that somebody has just decided to tell me that C. Thomas Howell was in The Amazing Spider-Man. I'm not willing to say one way or the Did other. You, check, you said Wikipedia, not IMDb, right? Yes. I, I know Wikipedia. both are user edited, but uh, I trust IMDb more. Yes. Uh, all right. Then we get to the movie of the day. So number 10 and number 11 are Christopher Eccleston and, as George Washington and Chris O'Dowd as Chris O'Dowd. Uh, number 12, Chris Cooper as Norman Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Uh, number 13, Chris Claremont as a cameo as the U.S. Senator in Days of Future Past. Uh, number 14, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I almost said Gangs of New York. <laughs> Gangs of the Galaxy. <laughs> uh, an actor named Christopher Fairbank played the broker in that movie. I think that's the like alien that Peter was trying to bargain yep, with right yep, before yep, yeah. all the guardians meet each other. Yep. Yeah. And then finally, our last Chris, and this is this is spelled in like the Polish way, Krzysztof with a bunch of S's and Z's. Slazinski plays Mohawk in Logan. So we have Nick, sixteen Marvel Chris's. Nick, you you forgot Christmas in uh, the Shane Black film Iron Man Three. Oh yeah. yes, that's that true. true. Chris, Chris Moore, very much Chris a Chris Moore. Christmas. Sorry, Christmas very much a uh, a character in all the Black movies. So I will put Christmas in here. Uh, so again, so you're saying I cannot he had one Christmas. <laughs> I I will admit that. So by I'm... neglecting Christmas on this Christmas list. Mm. All right, so. By this list, we have 16 Marvel Chris's, 17 if we include Christmas, <laughs> um, 15 if we do not include Christian Amanpour, uh, and... But 16 uh, if we do not include Christian Amanpour, but include Christofferson as a separate Chris. And if we include Chris Evans twice. Yes. So, anyway, there we have it. Uh, all of our Chris's, uh, they all have, you know, pretty normal ones, except for the first and the last one. We've got Chris Christofferson, 
and Kristoff Sosinski. Did you call that the Alpha Chris and the Omega Chris? Yes. Well, there's a lot of Zs in Kristoff Sosinski. There's like four or five Zs. What is happening? Are you guys getting that sound? Yep. Okay. I'm not getting it. Am I doing it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're roboting. You're having a Chris overload. Ah, Chris, Chris, lost Chris. Cute with Chris on a good show. I don't think he's doing it anymore. (laughs) Is it still happening? Yeah, but it's getting better. A little bit. What about Chris Hardwick? Has he had some shitty cameo in one of these Marvel films? Uh, Or does he just he just hosts the post credit sequences? Talking Chris. Oh god, I can't even go. Well, good night, everybody. I I I will say. So go ahead. I I feel like this. I feel good about this film because I feel like this film has caused us to break the normal structure of our show and adopt a more free form exploratory. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was so structured before. Yeah, stream of consciousness version of the program. We did it. We did a free free form jazz odyssey in front of a uh, festival crowd. Yeah, puppet show and <laughs> Thor of the Dark World. Um, I will I will say though, uh, I feel like it's good we got this out of our system or decided on this new format one way or the other. Everything's good. It's fine. Um, because uh, I think our next film will have uh, very different reactions to. What's our next film? Our next film is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yay! Yep. <laughs> So hopefully, uh, better performances in that one. Hopefully. Do you think that in another dimension, Cat Cat Dennings is a, uh, is a cat? That actually was not what I was gonna say. Um, is a uh, a beat poet named Scat Dennings? Scat Dennings. Scat, scat, scat Dennings. <laughs> in this alternate universe where scat poetry has become the like primary form of uh of beat yes. poetry, become the primary form yes. of media. Yes. Mm. Yes. All the biggest stars. Guys, yes. I, don't, I don't think Scat's Scat doing so well. <laughs> I think Scat's not uh, not what it once was. No, I, I think that you're probably right. He no, peaked uh, with us. Um, Scatman's Scat World? Yeah. What about Scatman yeah. Carruthers? I mean, he was he was the other sort of bridge into Scat going mainstream. He, he had that, he had his moment and then it kind of passed. Scatman John had like two or three hits, and and that's a generous definition of the songs that Scatman Chris had, uh, or Scatman John had. I just got the Chris. Scatman Chris. I got the Got the the. Oh my God! It's the Mandela effect. The, the universe where Scat is the most popular uh, form of media. Some famous Scatman Chris is bleeding into my mind. No, that's just a stroke. (laughs) All right, gang, that's the end of our actual discussion of Thor The Dark World. But if you want to stay tuned for our special before and after dark recordings uh, to fill out the rest of the episode, you're totally welcome to. Uh, On the other hand, if you want to, you know, just slip out before uh before things get too rowdy uh no one's no one's gonna judge you so if you stick around enjoy if not uh we hope you have something better to do 
with, with the exception of Dana Carvey and the Master of Disguise, I'm not sure I have ever seen anyone in fiction billed as a Master of Disguise who has not been instantly recognizable as that person. <laughs> Except maybe Lon Chaney in real life. What about uh, Ron? Um, Ron I guess that's the whole. That's Parmesan. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, that's the, in, uh, Gene Parmesan. Yeah, Gene Parmesan. That's the whole joke about Gene yeah, yeah. Parmesan. Gene, he got me again. <laughs> I still think my favorite Gene disguise is when he is dressed up as the janitor, and his disguise is a mustache over his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I hope Martin Mull's still alive. He better be. I think he is. Yeah. Oh, thank God. The picture of... Michael McKeon's of... doing fine, too, right? Yeah, Mike, make... Michael McKeon is on... Uh, isn't he on Better Call Saul? Is he? I've never actually seen Better Call Saul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. I, I was watching uh, This Is Final Tap uh, the other night. After watching two weeks' notice, I decided I'll follow up with the natural. Uh, oh. uh, this, this, this is two weeks' notice. What natural, fond memories. <laughs> the most natural of, of double features. <laughs> the picture of Martin Mull on his Wikipedia page makes him look like a Nashville musician in the 50s. It's oh. very strange. Oh, being the judge of that, if I can figure out how to get out of full screen. <laughs> it's a steep hurdle to clear. <laughs> it is, apparently. It does not want... I'm stuck. Wow. 1976. Yeah, in San Francisco. That is that is a high-quality picture oh, yeah. of, Mo- of Martin Mull. Like, yeah. I'm looking at it on... <laughs> my display which is a retina and it's like wow that looks like an actual photograph jesus and yeah full resolution if if you oh, click wow. if you click through and zoom in like do I the still can't see pixels <laughs> yeah that is a <laughs> but also... really bar- you really buried the lead with this photograph Stephen. yeah <laughs> yeah but also, of all the images you could have of Martin Mull, why would that be what you use for, like, the, I, like, I here's, I was, if you come to the man's Wikipedia page, you would like a photo to know who Martin Mull is, because you click the link to his yeah. name on, that name sounds familiar, and you're not going to recognize him from yeah, that photo. different Martin Mull. If anything, he, he looks more like Martin Mull in the caricature of him in the concrete. Yeah. In front of, if, when I when I first looked at that picture, I thought it said, I thought it said Darth Maul. (laughs) (laughs) Which would be incredible, you know. What that uh, that would be is... Darth Maul is the Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's Darth Maul, except instead of all the weird facial tattoos, he's just got, like, one red mustache and a pair of glasses. (laughs) And he also played Colonel Mustard. (laughs) Oh my god, he did play Colonel Mustard. Uh, in that star-studded film. Yes. 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 The, the the best board game-based movie of all time. Take that, Battleship. <laughs> it's about the only other one. Although I'm pretty sure there's a Candyland uh, one in the work somewhere. And I think a Monopoly one, too. There is a Monopoly one in the All right. Uh, yes. well, not, not before we get that emoji movie. Isn't there a mousetrap? Or there is a film called Mousetrap, is, isn't there? 
Are you yeah, thinking of Mouse Hunt? Maybe it's Mouse it's Hunt. Hunt. Mouse right, Hunt is right. the one with uh, Nathan Lane Nathan and... Uh, Lane. Oh, God, who's the other guy? Oh, British by, Canadian. Uh, Lee Evans. It's a Gore Verbinski uh, film. A Gore Verbinski joint. Yep. Nathan Lane, Lee Evans, Maury Chaikin, and Christopher Walken try to kill him out. The guy from uh, There's Something About Mary, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I, 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 I have never seen Mouse Hunt. I feel like that's I one seem... of the, that I saw on cable when I was 12 or something. I seem to remember it being surprisingly dirty for a PG film. Hmm. I, I Nathan mean, I haven't seen it in humor? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Tales of ribaldry. <laughs> Well, oh my god! I certainly remember watching the Birdcage when I was twelve and going, "This is very dirty." <laughs> Not understanding. <laughs> the Birdcage, I watched. I think I had the same experience where I watched it when I was way too young to really understand what was going on in the Birdcage, and then yep. I watched it again about a year and a half ago and thought it was fantastic. Oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a period in my life when I was like around 10, 11, 12 when I would just like any movie that had Robin Williams in it, I would watch it. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure it's just it's a Robin Williams movie and uh like my parents both love like gay camp, so like mm-hmm. I'm sure they were really into it, but I'm like I don't know, I don't understand what's happening this right now. This isn't as funny as Jack. <laughs> <laughs> the um the the French film that it's a remake of is pretty good too. Yeah, I've never actually seen the original. Hmm. But I, I think it was a play or something yeah. first. It was a play before a film. Yes. Kajafol. Yeah. We can ask Dude. He's old enough to have played the Nathan Lane role in the film <laughs> in the French remake. <laughs> Come on, is this timing or is this timing? Six forty-five. Nine forty-five on the button. Yep. Yeah. Works every time. What ribald movie did you watch when you were 12 and didn't understand? 12 would have been 96. Had movies been invented when you were 12? (laughs) We used to call them motion pictures. (laughs) See, two shows in a cartoon for the Nickelodeon. The Nickelodeon. <laughs> and a doctor bag still cost a dime. <laughs> we would all gather around the zoetrope. Penicinoscope. <laughs> Mutoscope. Kinetoscope. Zoopraxoscope. Gather around the zoetrope sounds like a Second City TV sketch. <laughs> The, Join what you, did you say, Derek? The, the soul patchoscope? Yes, the soul patchoscope. <laughs> that was what they used to call movies back in the Beatnik era. Yes. Yeah. It, it was a, a very particular uh, film process where you would watch it and it would project soul patches onto Betty Grable, but no one else, just Betty mother. Grable. No, it, was like, uh, it was really the first version of uh, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, before uh, we turn, I'm gonna pee. One of the one of the lesser known William Castle films. <laughs> I think I think Nick got that one. Yeah, Nick got it. 
Uh, the Tingler. The Tingler. For uh, for Christmas, I got Hillary's parents a gift card to the Alamo Draft House uh-huh. because his her uh, mom had never been. Her dad and I went to see that uh, Roger Waters Pink Floyd The Wall, uh. Uh, or not Pink Floyd, but Roger Waters The Wall documentary. Um, but uh, this was the first time her mom went, and we've been waiting for a movie to see with him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Why is it still coming through my computer? Um, so what'd you see? Eight heads in a duffel bag. <laughs> uh, Twister, actually. <laughs> which is one of her mom's favorite films. Are they? Is it a Bill? Are they running? They're running a Bill Paxton tribute bill. <laughs> yes, they are. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they, it it just came up this week. Uh along with right. shit, what was the other one they had yesterday? Near um, dark. Hopefully nothing with Bill Pullman in it by accident. Yeah, it was uh, while you were sleeping. Day, that was it. While you were sleeping. We will not go quietly into the wrong film. Casper. Oh, too soon. <laughs> Devin Saw is still alive, right? Uh, uh, I, I can honestly say I've never thought about Devin Saw. Never? You saw I, hands? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you see Life on the Line, the uh, no. Travolta film I sent you a, a link to? No. <laughs> no. I'm looking at Devin Sowers. Don't you love oh, Derek? Why would you spit in his face like that? Pate! What's wrong with you? And you don't click on it? Life on the Line. Uh, I don't want to say my man out Gentlemen, is gonna get bad. Is the worst southern accent. Uh, John Travolta can't do a convincing southern accent. I'm shocked. Yeah, shockingly. What are you talking about? He's the greatest actor. Life on the line. No, you're you're confusing him uh, for Nicolas Cage. It's a common mistake that people make after watching Face Off. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, I have to watch this. Trailer. Oh yeah. It is it is extremely entertaining. Drew and I watched it a couple weeks ago. Oh, they're about linemen. It's the fourth most dangerous job in America. Can you guys hear me? What about now? I guess I can, but I'm too distracted. Dang it. I can hear you. You cannot hear me right now, right? I can hear you. I can hear you right now. Dang it. Why is it? I'm putting the microphone on mute. So it shouldn't be playing through my. Mm. Is that Devin Sawa? You can still yes, okay, Devin Sawa. But you can still hear me now. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. The, the input level is not registering on my screen, and my microphone is on. Oh my god! Is it mute. a runaway train movie? No. Is your computer haunted, dude? I mean, yes, but. Only with the ghost of cats, not with the ghost of my own voice. The ghost of William Katz is in your computer? <laughs> I don't know who that is, but yes, obviously. Was he the doctor? Yeah, he was the third doctor. <laughs> no, I meant Dr. Katz. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, was... I guess I just don't have the ability to mute then. Uh. What about... 
What about now? Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. I've always been able to hear you. You've always been the caretaker, dude. We keep going over this. We are live. What about now? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. We're linemen. You could still hear me? We're linemen. Yes. We're linemen. Now I can't hear you at all. (laughs) You guys are totally gone. We're linemen. This is ridiculous. We're linemen. Speaking, I think all of my inputs are registered as outputs, and all of my outputs are registered as inputs. You got to reverse the polarity, like Doctor Katz would do. Um, I have it set to uh, my input and my output as through the the microphone, but so, when I plug the headphones into the microphone, I can't hear anything, and you guys can still hear me. But so, when I plug them into the computer, I can hear you, and you can hear me. What a country! Or not. <laughs> So I, I have to tell you guys while while it's still top of mind about um William an, Cat. A, about William Katz, yeah. No, about another another William film Cat. that uh Drew and that Drew uncovered while we were doing one of our wrestling podcasts. Oh yeah, I forgot you did that. Yeah. We are wrestling podcast. Yeah, I think five we're about to release our fifth. Who's episode. Drew? Drew's elitist, Derek's buddy. Oh, okay. Sounds um, like you said Drew's elitist. Drew is elitist. <laughs> Drew is um, elitist. The, the film is the film is called Body Slam. It's a, it's a night it's a 1987 comedy, uh, starring Dirk Benedict. Oh man! As a once successful music promoter, uh, who is down on his luck and decides he's going to become a professional wrestling promoter to make ends meet. Uh, there is a subplot with a politician's daughter, played by Tanya Roberts. Uh, additional cast members. The villains are uh, Roddy Piper and Captain Lou Albano. Wait, Rowdy Roddy Piper? Rowdy Roddy Piper. And the, the film, what made this particularly interesting was it's the last film that Hal Needham directed. <laughs> Did you tell us about this a couple months ago, or have you told us about another Dirk Benedict film recently? I don't know. Uh, Charles, okay. Charles, oh, Char- uh, this is this is why. Okay, the three other people in it that uh, would be interesting to you. Uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Always. Uh, John Aston as a used car dealer. <laughs> and uh, Billy Barty as a midget wrestler. <laughs> Billy Barty. In, Billy 19, Barty. In, Billy 19, in 1987. He must have been a very old midget wrestler. <laughs> I believe How the nomenclature is dwarf. Was Billy Barty a dwarf or a midget? I don't uh, know. Billy Barty was a dwarf. Yes, you were correct. <laughs> you all need to look at Billy Barty's photo on uh, Wikipedia. Oh my! <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are you fucking doing to us? Why? Why would you do that? Photo of Billy Barty. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh man, I hope it's still the same whenever people hear this and go and look him up. <laughs> oh my god. I gotta say, uh, I'm taking There's a no screenshot of that. that. I'm, ne- I'm never letting that die. <laughs> it is now captured. And there was a moment for me where I'm like, is he one of the kids? Is he the no, none of those are Billy Barty. Must be the guy in the cast. Some... Uh... 
Oh my god. He he was he was <laughs> Sigmund. It was Barty Cross show. Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Is there really not uh okay, so his auto uh his biography, his unauthorized biography has to be called The Man Who Was Sigmund. <laughs> <laughs> Is he Sigmund though, or is My he life with monster? the sea monsters. He is Sigmund. He is Sigmund. I think uh, Sig- Sigmund is the lead sea monster. And then the other sea I'm monster. Very, yeah. I mean, perfectly honest, looking at this photo, I'm wondering if it's one of those scams like that Haunted Mansion uh, TV show that never <sighs> existed. This is just so ridiculous. Or that, uh, wasn't there a thing where uh, someone was claiming that Max Grodencheck voiced Howard the Duck? Yes, and I, I corrected, you corrected that. it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Our very first episode. <laughs> yes. uh, there was uh, there was something Billy. where uh, what was what was it called? Street Sharks is that the name of that cartoon? Yeah, Street Sharks was yeah. a cartoon. Apparently, uh, like recently, somebody revealed that they had made up the uh, the plot synopses for like do- dozens and dozens of episodes. And oh, yeah. IMDb and all of these different sites listed these as actual episodes, and he eventually came out and said, like, half of the episodes of Street Sharks never existed. I made them up. <laughs> I, I love the fact that he had to come forward and do that, though, because no one was checking to verify. Like, this would have gone down in history as an uncheckable lie. Think of all of, like, the bit torrents of Street Sharks where people are like, this is only half the series. Where are all these yeah, other episodes? The, the famous <laughs> lost episodes of Street Sharks. <laughs> Dude, is that just a picture of Billy Barney? Yes. It seemed appropriate. Are there you were sure? several times in this conversation when a person scratching his head and looking confused or incredulous seemed appropriate. Are you sure that's not Burgess Meredith on the set of Grumpy Old Man? I'm not sure of anything. <laughs> Uh, I didn't even know who Billy Barty was. Yeah. Billy Barty is probably the, mm, I'm going to say, third most famous dwarf actor of all time. After Warwick Davis and Kenny Baker. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, may, well, I mean, maybe Barty. I, Barty's probably got more name recognition. But uh, Yeah, I would say, I, would say I, I, I might give him the number two spot after Warwick. Yeah. Just because I feel like Kenny Baker... Like yeah, Kenny Baker, I don't think, has a lot of roles that aren't R2-D2. Yeah, you remember the role, no. not the man. Yeah. This is, this yeah, is my favorite picture of Billy Barney. Under the rainbow? I don't know. <laughs> well, you oh need to God. do more uh, research on it. I'm very sad that the Magic Mansion Wikipedia hoax seems to have been largely... Wait, Magic uh, Mansion or Haunted Mansion? Ma- Magic Mansion was the name of it. Yeah. And this person... Came like let me give you some. How do I screen here? The plot synopsis for Under the Rainbow is shockingly detailed on Wikipedia. It is a terrible movie. (laughs) So I've heard. I cannot find any of the screen sharing options. Oh, there we go. It's up in the the three dots on the (laughs) upper right. Oh, uh, this is this is definitely that's not, not Billy Barney. Barney. It's Jimmy Durant. <laughs> this 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 is my all time favorite sequence with Billy Barney. Uh, hold on. <laughs> oh, did he play the baby in? Uh, he was the baby. He, he was the baby in Gold Diggers of 1933. Wow. 
Did you just say oh Young God. Frankenstein? I said Bride of Frankenstein. I heard Young Frankenstein. No, I think he was the baby just in Bride of Frankenstein. How how old was Billy Barty when when Young Frankenstein came out? Imagine Pro- that probably age f- as a baby. Probably fifty. 50 so just so. imagine him as himself playing a baby. <laughs> oh my I'd God. I'd see it. Yeah. This has been 15 minutes of of, uh, ostensibly adult men laughing at photos of Billy Barty. Thank God I've been recording. Screen stills of Billy Barty. This is amazing. Here's Billy Barty's gravestone. He always thought big. Wow. Wow. I appreciate that Billy Barty is the kind of man that would put a joke about his size on his own gravestone. Is that uh, is that Willow? There's also pictures of Chris Kattan. <laughs> Chris Kattan and Billy Barty together? Oh, no, just Chris Kattan, unfortunately. See, that's that's the reason oh. Saturday Night Live has has lost its touch. What it should have been doing when they had Kattan as a cast member is a long-running series of Kattan as Billy Barty sketches. America was ready for it. it certainly would have been better than um, Mango. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you don't touch uh, the mango. Here's a picture of Billy Barty with Carrie Fisher. I just found that. Certainly from I the set of Under the Rainbow. It's the same one. Yep. Yeah. Welcome to episode 46 of We Look at Photos of Billy Barty. So, in that photo, <laughs> is Billy Barty playing Blofeld? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Billy Barty always played Blofeld, didn't he? Wasn't well, he, he the only person who played Blofeld? Well, he, he, he played Blofeld. the cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, wasn't the cat Blofeld? <laughs> yeah. And, and all. Now I'm just imagining Blofeld being dropped into a uh, into a smokestack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Blofeld was the cat, and all of the actors who played him were puppets that the cat was controlling, using one of those dog puppets that had been modified for use by a cat. <laughs> yeah. Why can't you guys just use a real cow? Cow doesn't look like a cow when you put it on screen. What do you do when you need a horse? You usually just tape a bunch of cats together. (laughs) I love the. Okay, so the subtitle on that is Gwildor was played by the famous Billy (laughs) Barty. Well, we'll can't can't argue. Can't argue with that. Got it. Hmm. Uh, uh, I heard Don Knotts died today. I also heard that uh, I I just learned today that Don Knotts was still alive. Yeah, no, that that was that was kind of my reaction. Don Knotts yeah. has been dead for eleven years. Really? Don Knotts yeah, died in two thousand six. I think that I heard this from people who just learned it. I re- <laughs> maybe there's a maybe there's a Don Knotts uh, uh one of those you know sudden comeback death things. Hey, did you know like, Don Knotts died? <laughs> There's a page that went viral today or something. No, there was uh, the reason that I know Don Knotts died long ago is not because I killed him. It's because he did die in I, rem- I remember he died around the same time Richard Pryor died. 
And about a week about a week later, there was a story in the Onion about um, Don Knotts and Richard Pryor reuniting for a haunted house comedy where they play a white <laughs> and black ghost. Oh my god! And the, the the crux of the entire uh, story of the film was Knotts in ghostly form stumbling around a haunted mansion, finding Pryor, realizing Pryor is a ghost, and saying, "Oh, a spook." And then Friar being very offended. Wow. Uh, Wouldn't I, it have I been better if uh, they had, if one of them had been the ghost of the other one? Don Knotts is Richard Friar, <laughs> and Richard Friar is Don Knotts. <laughs> it's, it's, reg- it's a regular face-off. It's the original, it's the original face-off. Yeah. I kind of like uh... of choosing, like, the kind of celebrities you wouldn't know if they were still alive, but they've been dead for like ten years, and just going around saying, "Hey, did you hear that they died? You hear, uh, hear Tom DeLuise died?" And then people were like, "Yeah, like ten years ago." I'm like, "I'm not wrong." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You hear, Rue McClanahan died. No. Oh, Rue oh. McClanahan died in 2010. The incredible Mister Lynch. She was the second one to go, right? I assume that uh or was she first? I assume Estelle Getty was the first. Yeah, even though she was the youngest, wasn't she? Was she? No. Yeah, she, she was the youngest of the four of them. She was Bjork heavily was the she oldest. Was heavily made up. Um Okay. Actually, it may have been Bjork first. No, Estelle Getty is older. Estelle Getty is older than Rue McClanahan. But the, Are you then Bjork? she is no, younger. I'm pretty she sure is, she was the youngest. Estelle of the four. Getty is younger than B. Arthur. Okay. B. Ar- okay, so Estelle Getty died in 2008, B. Arthur in 2009. I'm uh, worried about when they were born. Rue McC- uh, B. Arthur in 1922, Estelle Getty 1923. Oh, okay. My mistake. Don Knotts 1924. If I just keep hitting the back button. So wait a minute. When was Rue McClanahan born? Eddie White is the oldest of them. All right. Well, she's- well, well yeah, because she's still alive. <laughs> she's just going to get older. <laughs> yeah, she's running yeah, up the right. score. Rue McClanahan was younger Rue by McClanahan a, was a significant margin. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize how much she was. Uh, Estelle Getty was made up. Yeah, Rue, right. yeah. Rue McClanahan was the youngest of any of them by twelve years. Okay, that was my mistake. Yeah, Rue McClanahan was in her fifties in that show. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Benny White is ten years older than all of them, but. She does have the benefit of, you know, having lived for several years more yep. at this point. Well, let's see. B. Arthur and Betty White are 22. Rue McClanahan is 34. Still Getty's 23. Yeah. 23. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Rue McClanahan was the youngest. Hmm. Thank God we're recording all this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for posterity. For, for our well-known recounting obscure Dirk Benedict talking about Don Knotts and then... Oh, Don Knotts was born in uh, 24. So he was just... uh, said that two minutes ago. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was was sure you were going to say, oh, Don Knotts died. (laughs) Wait, Don Knotts is dead? (laughs) Uh. Uh. Oh, Andy Andy Griffith died too. Man, the cast is dropping like flies. You're a very smart <laughs> Did you guys know that that Billy Barty is dead? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, did you know Andy Griffith played Matlock? <laughs> no, but apparently Don Knotts played Mr. Furley. Well, 
I I click back clicked back uh, over to see when Billy Barty was born and when he died, and I saw that picture again, and now I just want to cry. Uh, I love that there's like five advanced degrees between the four of us, and this is how we're spending our time. Billy Barty. <laughs> hey guys, guys, the voice of Rowan right now. Ooh, the Billy Barty's Billy Barty's birth name was William John Bert Burton Zeddy. Oh, they Burton must, Zeddy. They must have changed it at Ellis Island. <laughs> hey, he was also born in 1924. <laughs> he was just a few months younger than Don Knotts. <laughs> there was a. Uh... It made me think of if there is a conspiracy theory he, around those two. And then that made me remember the conspiracy theory that I saw online today. That apparently there is an online conspiracy theory that says that uh, Bill Hicks no. and Alex Jones are the same person. Oh my god, that would make so much sense. <laughs> that Bill Hicks faked his death to become Alex Jones. Oh my god. <laughs> That's incredible. He looks so much like him. Rod Serling, also born in 1924. Man, a lot. Alex Jones is one of my favorite completely insane people. The, uh... Was... <laughs> Lee Marvin, 1924. Oh my god, the conspiracy goes to the top. You know, guys. George H.W. Bush and Jimmy Carter. There were a lot of people born in 1924. Robert Mugabe. Did you guys know that Billy Barty played the rotoscope footage of Bilbo and Sam in the 1978 animated Lord of the Rings? Mm. I do now. <laughs> Amazing. I just sent you a link to the article about Alex Jones and Bill Hicks. And, uh, oh, he was Noodles Macintosh in UHF. And in wow. news that will sur surprise absolutely no one, he once played Rumpelstiltskin in a Rumpelstiltskin film. <laughs> not, not, not that surprised. Uh, I assume also, you all saw the thing that was I saw a bunch on uh, social media today of this like uh, super cut of Alex Jones losing his mind and then immediately apologizing for it. If you haven't find that uh, now, when, it's hilarious. When you say super cut, do you mean getting his footage haircut. of him in a super cut? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, that's exactly he what I mean. He's getting a haircut. At a, a barber. Find about the uh, the chlorine in the water, and he uh, <laughs> he goes insane. Yeah, I wonder if somebody has made a supercut of barbershop scenes. Yes, and called it a supercuts supercut. Yeah. yeah. Well, if they haven't already, super we've cut. time to do it. There, there is a supercut supercut. Oh my god! How many? Oh god! How many iconic barbershop scenes are there? I'm trying to think. How many barbershop films are there? Barbershop yeah. and barbershop two. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> there's one. Okay, so I think there were four barbershop films. Were there that many barbershops? I'm pretty sure there were three or four barbershop films. Um, and then there was uh, Coming to America features a barbershop prominently, and the Andy Griffith yeah. Show features a barbershop prominently, and that's about all I can think of. Uh, Sweeney well, Todd, I guess. <laughs> Sweeney Todd, you got a lot of. You could do uh, Undercover Brother. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure we could find uh, quite a, quite a number of things. Speaking right. of things that Chris Kattan ruined, Undercover <laughs> Brother. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Well, he he didn't ruin it, but he nearly ruined it. He Fortunately, tried. Fortunately, really, Dave really hard. 
and Neil Patrick Harris, both of whom were amazing. I just want to say that uh, I, I don't remember anything about the Undercover Brother because I do not remember Neil Patrick Harris being in that. Yeah, he was the white guy on. He was the good guy, white guy. Do you guys remember? Did I ever pitch Undercover Brother two to you? I know I pitched it to one of my friends. I don't think so. Okay, I can't remember how it went now, but uh, but presumably there was a second one and was it undercover brother two like the number two or was it undercover brother two as in t-o-o like two I'm... under two under two cover brother yeah <laughs> the uh, we've been talking uh or i've been recording for 34 minutes and we have not started talking about this film yeah but do we really undercover brother that is what we have been talking about for several minutes i mean i get at least one minute we could just spend another hour laughing at this Sigmund and the Sea Monsters picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! So uh, I just watched Twister, and I thought that the uh, the McPoyle, who was not uh, Jamie Simpson, was in it, but yeah. it turns out it is the guy who plays Lion McPoyle in uh, in the McPoyle the courtroom uh, episode, Ponderosa. Or- yeah, courtroom. Uh, Are you doing a Jerry Lewis impression right now? I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> no. McPoyle? What? McPoyle? From, who, is uh, Mc, from, who's, who is that? It's, it, it is a family of characters uh, on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, oh, there you go. I missed but the interestingly enough, by, by uh, learning that, I learned that that actor in that Ponderosa uh, McPoyle courtroom episode, Trial of the Century, is not the same actor who plays the who plays the other McPoyle in most of the McPoyle episodes. And until now, I thought that they were the same actor they made up to alike. look differently. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's what I thought too. <laughs> Nick, I keep thinking that you're wearing a news radio shirt because it looks very I much like that font. A news radio shirt. That's <laughs> awesome. Was... Doesn't it look like the news radio font? Oh yeah, absolutely. Now that you mention it, is that possibly why you bought it without realizing it? Oh no, I didn't buy this. This is from the Flow Conference. I have like eight of these. I just wear them when I don't. Ha- I don't want to wear like an actual shirt. You should. It, uh, it's get still a, magic a real shirt, Nick. And, like, and it's find not a, a way fake to fudge shirt. that into well, the news like, radio. What I wear thing. on the weekends, like when I'm not trying to, you know, impress people with my T-shirt collection. Yeah. Well, you should turn it into a news radio shirt and then wear it out to impress people. That's uh, that's when that's for when St. Janeway's in the wash. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I opened up uh, I opened up Twitter to try and get to my notes, but one of the first things that came up was a screenshot from Breath of the Wild with. Link having a fucking awesome laser sword. Apparently, that's a thing you can look forward to. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't tell me. Play, all, I'll, all I'll say is, don't uh, acknowledge the existence of this uh, of this game. Laser sword. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Cynthia is playing it in the other room right now. I played it for five straight hours today, and it's the first time I've done that for a game in a long time. So you don't like it is what you're telling me. Can't stand it. I want I want I feel a powerful need to get through all hundred hours of it as quickly as I can so I can move <laughs> on with my life. Why are you showing us that news dude? Dave uh, Dave Foley does not have a laser sword in that picture. Yeah. But Steven Root does. <laughs> and Joe Rogan has clearly photoshopped eyes or something. There's Love something photoshopped about Joe Rogan's face. Going on with his eyes. That is correct. God. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, oh man, the dick! Did you know Phil Hartman was dead? What? 
I hate to break it to you, listeners, but Phil Hartman was murdered like 20 years ago. Yeah, it was in like 96, wasn't it? 96, 97. 97. Yeah, 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 I guess it probably was 97. Yeah, everyone's got their story about where they were when they learned that Phil Hartman had been killed. I was in front of the TV. Mm, Watching news radio? Yeah. No, it was, uh, we turned off, we turned off a, because it was during the summer, wasn't it? Um, or the spring sure. maybe no because it was during the school year uh, it was after school we had we had watched something that we had taped the night before or maybe and we uh, we turned off the the tape and there was a news report on uh, about it I do actually remember exactly where wow. I was when I learned that Phil Hartman died <laughs> it was uh, it was the first one of well not the first celebrity the first celebrity that death that really shook me was uh, Jim Henson but uh, wow, right. yeah. um, Phil Hartman was uh, probably the next like really big one. Don't yeah. show me that picture of Phil Hartman from. Yeah, that's. He's so young. He's so young. So full, of, full, full of, full of life. All right. I, um, I, I know. I know that we're talking around this and we don't want to do it, but I'll be goddamned if we're not going to talk about Thor: <laughs> The Dark World right now. There's <laughs> 40, 40 minutes talking around it. Oh no! Don't don't show me those Billy Barty pictures again. <laughs> you said don't stop showing you those Billy Barty pictures, exa- right? Okay, yeah. So here here's the task, dude. We're gonna try to talk coherently about this film, and at your leisure, just put up pictures of Billy Barty on your screen and see if it breaks conversation. <laughs> We're really gonna need to fill this episode out. Yeah, you realize <laughs> this, this film is not good. <laughs> I took. I took. Let me see. Let me let me, let me look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine notes during this, and one of them is a note to myself that I want to do a parody video, music video, of uh, the. Is it she's crafty or just crafty by the Beastie Boys? Crafty, or she's crafty, crafty. but called Love Crafty. <laughs> That's, that's your takeaway. That's your takeaway. He gets around Lovecrafty. He's always down. And then you you cut to a, an image of of HP uh, Lovecraft looking very depressed and writing racist poetry. <sighs> yes. Yep. Little Howie Lovecraft. All right. Howie Philly. Howie Philly Lovecrafty. Um. Uh, yeah. I uh. I don't have much left to say about this film. Um, no, I would say I didn't um, have much to say at the beginning of this process, which yep. is why it took so fucking long to start. <laughs> Thank you for uh, bringing that pic- back that picture of Billy Barty. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's, you... what, that's what dude looks like. Have you? You haven't seen me in a while. Not since the, the scales wedding. have fallen from your eyes. You now know that uh, that uh, dude looks like Billy Barty. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you learn something every day. Yeah. I learned how many Marvel Chris's there are. <laughs> I assume he's trying to make himself look like Billy Barty. I will. I will laugh at that segment of the Sea Monsters picture for days. Lis- listeners, Dooge look. Dooge is doing his best Popeye right now. <laughs> I am what I am.
<laughs> I like that when you did switch into actually doing Popeye, you switched with side of the mouth you were performing. Because of well, I've practiced Popeye with the other side. I've never practiced Popeye with the Billy Barty side. Well, fair enough. This is my Billy Barty face. And this is my Popeye face. It's like a also, Bester, you know, I have what the when you you sent around the uh, Tumblr link or the Tumblr screenshot about the uh, Dungeons and Dragons character oh, that put all his uh, his focus into charisma. I spent a day laughing about that once an hour, every hour, in completely inappropriate context, and I felt like Mr. Burns laughing about the crippled Irishman. Because it would take me a minute to remember why I was laughing, and then I would remember, and then I would laugh again. Uh. Dude, are you... Hmm. Just doing his own thing. Yeah, doing his thing. All right, I'm gonna go pee again. You do. Nobody that. makes any William Castle references while I'm gone. <laughs> hey, did you guys notice that two of you have the uh, George R. R. Martin Song of Ice and Fire novels in the background of your, uh, you know, screens there? Also, Derek, yours are back. They had been gone for a while, but they're back. For a moment, I almost said I do not, and then I realized there were two people on the podcast besides you and I. Vester's <laughs> <laughs> gone. Quick, make a William Katz reference. Where's, William, where's Bester's William cat? Castle? Uh, William Castle. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, who's William Castle? Uh, uh, th- 13 Ghosts. <laughs> 13 oh, ghosts. The, oh, he was also in the Magic Mansion. Uh, the the Tingler. He wrote the Magic Mansion. He wrote the Magic Mansion. He wrote the Magic Mansion. I forgot about Emerjo. Oh, yeah. Was no, he Virgil a character in the Magic Mansion? Haunted man. One of uh, one of my friends. One of my friends at Emory did his uh, master's thesis on. Uh, I don't know if it was entirely on William Castles or just sort of that kind of gimmicky uh, film uh, promotion. But he like organized a screening at uh, Emory of the Tingler, uh, and and during the thing they had a merjo happen. So the skeleton on a string just sort of flew out uh, from behind the screen. Wait, they had a merjo happen during the, the Tingler. tingler? Yeah, they were just sort of doing like a demonstration of, of sort of all the different uh, things that William Castles would do. They for... couldn't be bothered to do a screening of House on Haunted Hill. They did that for the Tingler. Well, the Tingler is harder to get, and I, well, they also did the Tingler thing where like people freaked out at the Tingler. Although I think they were all plants. Yeah, guys, when I like, edit... they didn't set it up so the so the. Uh things actually vibrated that would be a bit too much when i edit this episode i'm looking at the recording now the entire length of our conversation is an hour and 40 minutes and i'm saying we started talking about the film about 45 minutes in <laughs> and ended about 10 minutes ago this will be our shortest episode ever this may be under an hour uh, yeah, it's pretty rare for so, us not to talk about. I mean, it. why would you why would you leave off the first forty five minutes? I guess Those are probably true. the best parts. I think, you, I think that I think that's more listenable. Than you should probably put it at the end though and warn no. people. Probably true, uh, guys. Sorry, the uh, conversation was a little thin this week. Uh, uh, we're going to include forty minutes at the end. Uh, we just want to make sure you do actually your... the first forty minutes of, what, of our conversation. So, in case you're really curious. About all that Billy Barty talk that kept coming up. Yeah, just uh, this is the in... clip. This is the clip of, of me explaining it. So you can put this in between. Okay. Seriously, put in put in like a twenty second prologue. 
and say, don't worry, you haven't stumbled across the wrong podcast. We do start talking about Thor The Dark World in about 45 minutes. Or you could give the exact, like, time code. For those and, of you uh, who really yeah. want to get to our Thor The Dark World conversation and are curious why we are avoiding talking about it and why this episode is so short. Yeah. <laughs> also, could you, uh, during, like, the moment when Nick's microphone turns into, like, Mr. Static Electricity Man, um... <laughs> Could you take him out and replace him with some kind of, like, talking plant? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Or like a big I don't know, maybe Audrey from Little Shop. talking plant. Mr. Static Electricity Man sounds like the like, villain in a Japanese cartoon for children. Like, I can just imagine <laughs> fighting Mr. Static Electricity Man. I'm trying to imagine the Mr. Static Electricity Man that would be in a Japanese uh, cartoon for adults. <laughs> Tetsuo the Static Electricity Man. <laughs> yeah, he's made of static and he comes to fix your electricity. He's, in Japan, is what ha- Akira okay, no, I got it, I got a children's it. film? It, what, what, it, what it was, uh, so two things. One, Mr. Static Electricity Man is what happened when John Travolta was working on that line and got struck by lightning. <laughs> Second of all... Oh, that was the... Tra- yes, that I remember that trailer yeah. that you sent me. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of... Um, Life on the line. Wait, did you send that or did I send it to you guys? Uh, you probably sent it. But I, Maybe I you it. sent it, actually. I, no, 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 I think I sent it because I... <laughs> <laughs> speaking I, I, I think i saw it on facebook from someone mm. i don't a robot bleep bloop now bleep. i'm very curious bleep bloop i remember uh having a lot of comments on it mm. i thought i had told you guys to stop what you were doing and watch it immediately but that may be what you, you, you said to about us. A lot of things. yes well there are a lot of things worth watching <laughs> Stop the dark world yeah. not being among them. Stop what you're what doing the hell is and watch Thor the dark world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last oh yeah, I remember Derek telling Bester to stop what he was doing and watch Hausu. How did that work out for you? It was amazing. It's yeah. an incredible film. It was yeah. incredible. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. I'm working my way through some Kurosawa stuff now, and then I have I know you it's not Kurosawa, but I have, Kurosawa. I have I have Hausu as yet. next on my Japanese list when I'm done with my Kurosawa stuff. What else have you watched since since Throne of Blood? I remember we were talking about that being a kind of an odd starting point. I watched Yojimbo and Sanjuro. Oh, good. Yeah, those are good. Um, and re- really, really liked um, Yojimbo. Uh, Sanjuro, I thought was very, very strange in that it was. I didn't expect it to be quite so comedic, and then I didn't expect after that comedy for the ending to be so strangely violent. I won't say incredibly <laughs> violent, but strangely violent that man exploded um so i'm yeah. not actually sure i've seen that uh that one okay wait which are we talking about Spo- spoiler, spoiler alert at the end of the film um like sanjuro has been going back and forth with this uh sort of gang leader for the entire film and they have a confrontation where they are standing like inches from each other and it's very clear that like they're going to kill each other they have a conversation about killing each other and it's very very tense and a very tense standoff. They stand there, they stand and stand, and they draw their swords. Sanjuro whips his sword around, 
makes first contact for the entire film. Every sword fight, every killing has been bloodless, you know, in the way that films generally were at that point. Um, when Sanjuro strikes the uh, opponent with his sword in this moment, a literal geyser of blood erupts from his chest. The, like, the I was reading about it afterwards. The force of it was so great, it actually lifted the actor off his feet. Wow. <laughs> like, it's... Now, it are was you a, sure it you was... weren't watching uh, the story of Riki? I am pretty sure. Because that sounds like what you were watching. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was jarring. Let me see if I can find a, a gif of it. Yeah, somehow, somehow, I imagine that the internet is not chock a box full of Kurosawa gifts. Oh, I bet there's plenty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll just I'll share my screen here because this is this is just in the aftermath of it. Uh, share screen. Okay. Uh, hold on. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is this is looping, but it still goes on for longer oh, than yeah, you would no, think. No, I recognize yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Both were, both were good though. I enjoyed both. I think next I might do Hidden Fortress or Rashomon. Hidden Fortress awesome. is a good one. Rashomon yeah. is another good. You haven't one. done Seven Samurai yet, though. Right? I I have not put aside three hours to watch Seven Samurai. Okay, yet. Yeah. I would say I would say Seven Samurai and, and Rashomon are are the big ones. Yeah, I think that you have left, uh, and they're appropriately at uh, the alternate ends of the length spectrum. Mm-hmm. I've heard really good yeah, things about certainly of the samurai uh kurosawa like some of the the you know contemporary dramas are certainly are still worth watching but yeah i would say of sort of the the absolute must watches uh of that i mean you've already hit uh jimbo so i'd say like the absolute must watch samurai ones are yojimbo rashomon and seven samurai i've heard really good things about i live in fear um I have that one and have never seen it actually. It's yeah, I don't know, I um, think that's one of the ones I haven't seen. It's like more more contemporary about a a guy in sort of 1950s post mm-hmm. uh, post Hiroshima post Nagasaki Japan who becomes uh, petrified about the possibility of an impending nuclear war and mm-hmm. kind of his slow yeah. spiral into madness. When when Bester described that one to me a long time ago, I actually confused it with Rhapsody in August, which is uh about a woman who lived through a, the one of the nuclear blasts and like it's having flashbacks in a way. Hmm. It's almost as though those nuclear blasts were traumatic. I was listening. Well, I don't to know a, why that would be. I was listening to a podcast the other day, um, which I have stopped listening to because it will take me forever to get through. Um, about Japanese RPGs, like classic RPGs, and. Uh, one of the themes that they kept bringing up was, you know, in a lot of these Japanese RPGs, there's some kind of enormous super weapon that the villain wields that destroys a city. I don't know why that's in all these Japanese RPGs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, no. Super weapons are a, are a big thing in Japanese pop culture. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine why. <laughs> Just thinking, but to the world of ruin in Final Fantasy VI, I'm like, yeah, that's a nuclear wasteland. Yep. Or, or in noted children's movie, Akira. 
<laughs> Akira. <laughs> Sorry. Akira. 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 My uh, my text conversation only seems to go back to December twentieth, so I don't think that's as far back as that. Uh, no, that's when the universe started. Um, as there when no, that trailer no was sent there. around. There was um, what was it? Oh, uh, I speaking of uh, notoriously violent children's <laughs> films, I did finally watch Watership Down for the first time not long ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Life on the line. <laughs> He's over there mumbling about the lightning movie. They call him Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Uh, he can't conceal it. Or how it goes. Howard Starring Oscar Duck. winner Tim Robbins. <laughs> Wait a minute. This movie has not come out yet, right? It did come out? Life on the line, yeah. It came out uh, like October or something. Did, did you know it had a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Man. I did not know it was that, that low. The audience score is 34%. Wow, wow. the audience enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, released November 18th, 2016. Wow, 0%. That's impressive. Zero percent. That that honestly is the thing that has made me want to watch it most. <laughs> of all the details I've gotten, I'm like, zero percent. Wow, that's insane. Okay, so now you you sparked my my curiosity. List. Okay, thank you, Wikipedia. List of films with a zero yes. percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm I was gonna, I'm gonna, about that I'm as gonna well. filter for those with the most reviews. Oh, yeah. Because no, five better. Okay, so uh, number one, Ballistic X versus Sever. Oh God, I've seen that's that. That's not surprising. That I has that movie. Uh, 116 <laughs> reviews, and none of them good. Uh, one missed call. Oh God. One missed. I recommend Sorry, I'm looking at number three on the list. Yep. Uh, Pinocchio, the Roberto Benigni Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. You did not need to clarify that it was the Roberto Benigni. No, no, the Walt, the, the Walt Disney like Pinocchio. Everyone uh, knew that. I want to. I, I, I do want to uh, just read out this uh, for one of these reviews for. Uh, Queen Latifah was in the. <laughs> Sorry, this go is on. this is one of those quote based on true events unquote movies that gives you the distinct feeling that the uh, true events deserved better. Uh, super. Uh, uh, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, Jaws, The Revenge. The Ridiculous Return to the Blue Lagoon. National Uh, Lampoon's Gold Diggers. Wagons East, starring John Candy and Richard Lewis. (laughs) Gator! (laughs) Uh, Mac and Me. Highlander Two: The Quickening. Uh, look who's talking. Look now. who's talking now. Under the rainbow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bringing it back around. Under the rainbow's got a zero zero percent. Wow. That's... Wait, wait. What is that? I'm surprised it's that. Max Steel. Okay, okay. Oh, I guess it's which one of those was uh, which was written by Christopher Yost. Another Chris. He's one of the ones that yeah that uh that wrote this film. Oh. Alright, so there's a terrible National Lampoon movie called Transylvania. And he's one of the screenwriters of uh, Ragnarok. A terrible Please. National uh, Lampoon movie is I know. not saying that much. They've got, what, two or three decent movies? Yeah, and they were all made like before 1985. 
I think all of that. I, I enjoyed Van Wilder like, when I saw it in the theaters. King Kong lives. Oh, with Linda Hamilton. Empire of the Ants. <laughs> Manos Hands of Fate. Sex Lives of the Car Potato. 54, Where Are You? Leprechaun Se 2. Sex Lives of the Potato Men. The Bad News I'm... Bears Go to Japan. I'm... I'm sorry. Sex Lives of the Potato Men. A British comedy film released in 2004 about the sexual antics of a group of potato <laughs> delivery men in Birmingham starring Johnny oh Vegas, God. Mackenzie Crook, and Mark Gaddis. You guys know about Hot to Trot? No. Tell me more. <laughs> Hot to Trot. Bobcat Bobcat Goldthwait oh, yes. is an investment broker. Wait, yes, what? I've heard of John this. Candy is the boy is uh, plays a horse who helps Bobcat Goldthwait make smart decisions. <laughs> Gosh. Well, we obviously have to wait. Dabney Coleman in it. We have to watch this movie. Dabney Coleman. It was a huge bomb. Oh no, no, no shit! This this was not a box office sensation. <laughs> this. Uh, this did not launch Bobcat Goldplay superstardom. Okay, so all right, so uh, Virginia Madsen plays the female lead. She of uh, sideways the, fame. The re the reason I know the reason I know about this film is that um, back when I taught contemporary uh, Hollywood cinema, uh, cinema, we showed uh, Beetlejuice and we had an original release print of Beetlejuice. Wow. And this was one of the trailers. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay, so wow. I, I have to read this from the Wikipedia page because this is the crazy, this is the craziest sentence I've ever seen in a film trivia before. So crazy that were it not for the citation, I might doubt it. The original cast for the film included Joan Rivers in Bobcat Goldthwait's role. Elliot Gould was the original voice of the horse. After a poor test screening of the film, the horse's half of the script was rewritten by future Monk creator and executive producer Andy Breckman in an effort to make the film funnier. John Candy was hired to re-record the horse's voice. He ignored the script and improvised dialogue. Wow. Wow. Um, did you guys see that there are three National Lampoon movies on this uh on this list and two leprechaun films at least what's the, sec what's the second leprechaun film space leprechaun 4 in space oh that's a classic how can you rank that as zero percent going going back to hot to trot for just a second that, that is a great bit of trivia but i think my favorite is in a 2011 interview bobcat goldthwaite said that he got the script for hot to trot and wrote why would I do this on the cover? <laughs> to which his manager responded by writing a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to see how many of these I've seen. Let's Silent see. Night, Deadly Night 2. Midgets versus The Horror of Party Beach. The Dorage Blood. The Sting 2. The Toxic Return Avenger of the 2. Killer Tomatoes. Beethoven's 4th. The Big Green. Space Chimps 2. Zartog Strikes Back. Oh, they spoiled it. I didn't know Zartog was coming back. House 2, the second story. Is this a House 2 sequel? Probably not. No. Sexual Chronicles of a French Family. There's two Police Academy films on this. There's yeah, two Beethoven films on this. Slapshot 2, Breaking the Ice. That's a terrible fucking movie. Alien from LA. Going the Distance. I spit on your grave. Oh wait, too. that's a different going the distance. 
Stepfather 2. Who's Cameron? The Sting 2. They made a second... Goldfinger! Yes. Pudsey yeah, the Dog, Fo the movie. Fox and the Hound 2 is on here. Folks. The film. <laughs> the Mulan two. Lucas talking now. I've seen that. Oh. I love the five. Car this... fifty four. Where are you? I've seen Leprechaun. Leprechaun the last Here's seduction one. two. No Leprechaun. <laughs> it's Pat the movie. I've definitely seen. Okay, here's one. Leprechaun. Star uh, K nine P I. Starring Jim Belushi, a sequel to the 1989 film K9 and the 1999 film K911. Wow. <laughs> Leprechaun. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I Sometimes seen they come back for more. A Casper, a spirited stuff. beginning. Leprechaun 3 is also on here. My mistake. Yeah, there's three, three, there's three Leprechauns. Leprechauns. Yeah. Uh, Deadfall. Deadfall. Isn't that the Nicolas Cage film? Leprechaun 4. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a character in it. He's not. It's not. Yes. That is the the movie where he screams uh, uh, and has his face burned off. The something, white something called Slappy and the Stinkers. The white-haired witch of Lunar Kingdom. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. The Hills Have Eyes Part Two. Oh, there's Garbage a Christoph, there's a Christoph Lambert movie called Beowulf. I've never yeah. heard of that. I think it's like a futuristic oh. sci-fi take on Beowulf. Yeah, I remember that movie. I remember yeah. seeing that on oh video God, store shows. Evil never dies. I've seen that. Leprechaun three. So we got three Leprechaun films on here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Puppet Just Master so... four. Teddy bear. All right, I think I'm probably done for the night. <laughs> I want to. I want to finish this off and see if I've seen any more. Lost Boys: The Thirst. Sexual Chronicles of a French Family. Beer for my horses. Sex Lives of the Potato Men. What a name. I'll always know what you did last summer. Kronk's new groove. The Crow, Wicked Prayer. There's a lot there's a lot of direct uh, direct to video Disney sequels on this list. Yeah. Yes. Pretty impressive. Oh, The Order. That's that I'll Heath Ledger. I'll always film. know what you did last summer. I didn't even know they got that far in that series. I am uh, I'm going to give the victory here uh, to Ballistic X versus Sever, not just because it has the most bad reviews, but because it is not a direct-to-video film. This is a film someone thought was going to be a hit. It's a movie that I, it's a movie that I thought was going to be good because I snuck into it. Wow, you paid too much. <laughs> it is I... the worst-reviewed film in the history of Rotten Tomatoes. S. Darko's on here. Yeah. Let's see. I think probably at this point I'm probably not going to have seen... Oh, Fred the Movie's on here. Mm. Space Chips 2, <laughs> Zartog Strikes Back. Uh, Dude, I don't think anyone would... Uh, 